Hey everybody, we're back for another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, and I edit and publish the website, theweeklydriver.com. My friend and colleague, uh, as always, is Bruce Aldrich. And today we have on our program a new friend, uh, John Berg. John is the automotive editor and columnist for the Alameda Post in the San Francisco Bay Area. John and I just met last week uh, at the LA Auto Show. Uh, He was sitting in front of me and somehow a conversation began and I think I can speak uh, for both of us. We probably both should have been doing some more work, but we had a really good conversation. So uh, now we're new friends. And so, John, welcome uh, to our podcast. We look forward to getting your expertise and hearing some of your opinions about the LA Auto Show. So welcome to our podcast. Well, thank you, James. And uh, hi, Bruce. How you doing? <clears throat> John, um, can you tell us, um, as I mentioned, you're an automotive columnist and editor for the Alameda Post. And you were telling me a little bit about it uh, at the LA Auto Show. So let's let's start with there with what you do with your with your automotive writing and and what the Alameda Post is all about. Well, um, the Alameda Post is uh, is a startup online publication, um, and uh, there's some some really uh, excellent journalists that that got together in order to uh, provide a a locally focused. Um, news source um, for the the city of Alameda, and um, and I was lucky enough to uh, to be able to get an automotive column there, and um, you know I'm hoping that uh, I'm going to be able to provide information that's relevant to the community, um, you know, in addition to uh, readers um, elsewhere on internet land. Yes. Have uh, you been there a while? And uh, what was what was your automotive background? What's some of your expertise to to have that nice gig? Well, you know, I'm a certified car nut, and <laughs> uh, it 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 seems that um, cars have been uh, a focus, um, you know, throughout my life. Um, I mean, the first job I ever had was uh, as a tire installer, and um, and then, you know, from there, you know, my career was, uh, did auto brake jobs at a shop. And then I was uh, a parts counterman. And then I was a service dispatcher. And then I tried my hand at sales for a while at a, at a Toyota dealership and then at a, uh, Chrysler Plymouth dealership and, and then at a Chevy dealership. And, um, and then I ended up, um, know just becoming a, a hobbyist and a bit of a collector without collector cars <laughs> <laughs> okay because i collect everyday cars how many cars have you owned and do you recall your first car well my first car was a 72 el camino and i still have it oh fantastic. wow that's a good one and i've owned uh about uh, uh, about eighteen twenty cars, um, and I have a, ten of them at, uh, at at this point. Good wow. lord! Yes, and that's, you're hands on, so you're keeping them running. That's pretty good for a twenty five year old guy to have eighteen cars already. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, hopefully, everyone will believe that. Yes. Um, um, go ahead, John. Sorry. It, 
it becomes a bit of a challenge just to keep them going uh, because I want to drive each one of them at least once a month. So uh, you, um, it, it becomes a task just, you know, keeping them all going. Sure, but um, it's a task that I find quite enjoyable. So it's 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 not something that uh, you know that I I want to stop doing. It's and it's it's the opposite. I keep looking for new cars to buy. Oh, good for you! Um, without being specific, uh, if you have that many cars, you have to have a place to store that many cars and. Uh, you can speak in general terms if you want with um, security or something, but where do you have space for all those? Uh, well, I'm lucky enough to have another business, and um, and and that requires that I have a commercial uh, uh, warehouse space, and that gives me a place to park cars also. Gotcha. So um, that that's uh, you know fortunate that I that I have that, uh, that opportunity. Otherwise I'd have to visit this upon all my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, John, you mentioned, and I had an incorrect, um, when I met you, I had forgotten from, from last week to this week, uh, what you drove a nice car down from Alameda, which people may or may not know is near Oakland, uh, in the San Francisco Bay area to Los Angeles and back. Bruce and I have made that drive many times. I've made the drive solo. I'm sure Bruce has. It's it's an interesting drive down to L.A. and back. I'm assuming that you went on Interstate 5. And how was that drive for you this year and in your uh, new Camaro? Well, as the years go, goes by, um, it, it would seem as though L.A. is getting further away. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a long, it's a long haul. But, um, you know, a, a couple of years ago, I did a review on, um, on a sixth generation Camaro and I liked it so much that I went and bought one. Congratulations. And, That's great. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, it's, it's really a driver's car and, um, uh, it, it's, it's so pleasurable to drive that it makes a, a trip, uh, to LA you know, seem a lot faster, and especially if you can find a route that's engaging. You know, like uh, I took I-5 because I was looking to get there as quickly as possible, but, um, you know, it's really a car that's uh, more oriented toward the Pacific Coast Highway. Yeah, sure. James and I have made that drive uh, many times through the years, and uh, memorable Cars for us, I think, was something like a second-generation Prius, which was not that fun. <laughs> no. And uh, we've also taken uh, electric cars where you have to charge up and you get range anxiety a bit. And then we've also actually had problems with a hydrogen car going down there. Yes. So our, our memorable cars are the ones that don't work so hard. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um and we keep each other awake, you know. We and so is that nothing like uh, nothing like getting stranded to oh, uh, make yeah. the trip memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Hunting uh, around for hydrogen stations in L.A. Yeah, John. How often do you write for the the online the Alameda Post? How what what um, 
do you provide? I've looked a little bit. Um, sorry, I haven't been more um, on your website that much on the website that much. But I've seen some reviews. And do you do you do a car of the month? I think. And do you do some commentaries right. as well? And, and how often are you are you posting? I, uh, I, I the goal is to have fresh content once a month. Uh huh. And uh, and and I, you know, try to have a little bit of a mix of uh, reviews and features. Uh, car of the month, um, uh, a little blurb about uh, you know uh, about history, uh, this day in 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 history, mm-hmm. and um, and then also some industry news, and then a regular uh, section that covers what's happening with electric cars. Yes. What is your take uh, about this year's LA Auto Show? What's what's the big push, or where are the manufacturers going? Um, what What's new? What What are the trends? Well, um, you know, it, it's starting to become apparent that the uh, the auto shows are becoming a little less important to the mainstream manufacturers, and I sense there was a little bit less money being spent um, on this this year's show. Uh, it seems to be a a venue that is a little more important to emerging brands than to the existing uh, big brands. Um, for example, um, we saw a refreshed Toyota Prius, yes. but that's not where they unveiled the Prius. They unveiled the Prius the day before in its own venue. Okay. Um, and um, I've noticed that... Um, you know, we're seeing like when the new Corvette was introduced, they they uh, they did that in the enormous airship hangar in Tustin, and um, when they introduced the Silverado, they did that in Iceland, flew the journalists there. So I think we're seeing more of a focus on controlling the the venue of one brand, you know, and have a captive audience, if you will, than spending on the car shows. I see. But uh, having having said that, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Having said that, I kind of, I kind of equated this year's show to a pool party, in that, um, you know, Toyota was making some splashes, and and VW was there with with uh, their their electric uh, microvan. Um, What's that one called? The ID uh, Buzz. Yes. And uh, Chev- Chevy was making a splash with the Z06, and Ford was making a splash, and Subaru did their building a national park inside of the, <laughs> the LA yes. Convention Center again. Yes. yes. Um, but <laughs> but Genesis, they were the one doing the ones doing cannonballs, and uh, and I think that was really the highlight of the show was uh, the Genesis X uh, concept car um, uh, that they had, uh, you know, on the stage there with the, um, the G90. Yes. Car of the year, the G9, uh, the, um, the um, G90 was the car of the year, but I know the one you're speaking of. Yes, I, it, it, uh, I don't want to say my heart skipped the beat, but it was pretty, pretty stunning. I immediately thought that it was reminiscent of the Cadillac CL, 
uh, concept that they rolled out back in 2011. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? Yes. Uh, very similar. Um, but the, I think that this, this X concept is the most compelling design that I've seen from Genesis where, uh, it, it looks like, uh, their own design as opposed to borrowing styling cues from, from other luxury car makers. I think you hit that perfectly right. They do like to borrow. They do like to borrow. Um, one of the since, since we're audio only and not visual, but um, I'm sure you'll write about it. And, and um, you've sent me some pictures, and I have took some pictures. Uh, not as with an iPhone, you have a, a, a real camera. Um, the wraparound, if there's another name for it, I'm not familiar with it. But those wraparound headlights were just I've never seen anything quite like that. Yeah, wasn't that cool? Yeah, is yeah, there the, uh, the name for those? I don't know what they're called, but it was great. Yeah, there are these very slender light elements that um, uh, created a, a, a V pattern on the front clip, but then they they converged and then extended beyond the wheel opening molding yes. um, onto the onto the front fender. And I had not seen that either. And it's a very nice look. And I hope it. Um, it actually makes production. All right. Uh, John, one thing we talked about uh, when we were down there is you had mentioned that at the Detroit Auto Show uh, that you had stayed, I believe it was Detroit, you had stayed for one of the public days. And this might sound snooty or however it sounds, it's, it is what it is. Uh, I had never been to a public day of an auto show before. And I stayed there for an extra day and I went back on Friday. And mm-hmm. much to my surprise... Some of those uh, kiosks where they serve coffee, um, particularly yeah. VinFast, I remember, they had a, a person there or two people there still serving coffee to the public. And maybe it was part and parcel of the auto show not quite being as popular as it once was, or maybe it was because it was a Friday and not the weekend. But you could walk around with a lot of open space still, and there was no um, nobody bumping into each other, and it was very civil. So the first public day in L.A. was... I don't want to say underwhelming, but it wasn't um, maddening, a maddening crowd by any stretch. It was, it was pretty pleasant. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know either. I don't know uh, either. But, I, but I, mm-hmm. It is nice that they decided to um, you know, keep the barista and, and, and serve the public. Um, is that's the opposite of what I experienced in Detroit, where... Um, they they changed the furniture. They took all the nice <laughs> furniture out and replaced it with plastic benches, and uh, and then did away with all of the uh, like they had pastry chefs and they had uh, baristas and all that was gone. Um, so it was much more of a you know San Francisco auto show type experience. Yes, the um, there were some there were fewer. Um you know, extras, but there still were some. So, yes, the media day was uh, at L.A. was a little bit more um, expansive, and, and they had some things that weren't there on Friday. But I was surprised there were any. So it was, um, I guess it's yeah. a way to let the public know that when you go, I think the auto shows open through Thanksgiving, maybe the upcoming weekend, that um, maybe surprised. There was, there was a woman who was iced coffee and hot coffee and some soft drinks, and so it was. It was Vinfast, and they they seem to be doing things quite nice. And then I think Subaru also had something, but 
Um, anyway, just for the public, to let the public know, maybe going during the week would be the best bet if you can. Um, sure. That does say something about VinFast and how, how serious they are about making inroads into this market. Yes, that's true. And I think, you know, I didn't know, and I, I don't think I've told Bruce yet. Was Polestar there? Polestar, uh, John, I don't remember. Was Polestar there? You know, Polestar had a teeny tiny exhibit over by Kia. Oh, yes. They were nestled in that little section that had um, uh, Volvo, Polestar, Lincoln, and uh, and Mazda. And I don't think any of those were actually factory-represented exhibits. Um, Oh, boy. Kind of like Honda. Honda was was present, and I think it was a local dealer that uh, that brought product out for that. Yes, um, one other thing that was uh, new to me, and I know since you've been in the business so long, and Bruce knows about this also. I was I was pretty impressed with the guys making the '67 uh, bespoke car that was out in the hallway, uh, and they're making 500 of those, or he said 499. They can't say the word. Mustang, they had to say 67. Uh, did you have a chance to go visit that uh, display and talk to those guys at all? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to talk to them, uh, but I did see the car. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to ask was, how did you manage to license the design? Uh, because it's, it's identical to the 67 Mustang. Yes. Um, I, I did note that uh, when I read their literature, that they're not going to do any faux engine sounds. That uh, it's going to be a, a, a natural sound uh, EV. Yes. Uh, unlike uh, Dodge with that new Challenger design that has an electronic engine revving. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, and even Ford is doing that. The guy, the guy at the 67... Um, what was it called? 67 Charge Car uh, said that they have two other cars picked out. He couldn't disclose what the cars are or will be, and, but he said, if I told you, you'd get a smile on your face. So it must be some other iconic... A bug, maybe. A bug. I don't know what... I, that, I thought about a bug, too, but I think that they're, you know, they're, they're into performance cars. But what I wanted to mention is if you go to that, car, that um, outfit's website... It's, it shows you the, where they're building the cars. It's a very modern, very detailed website that shows a whole crew of people making that car. So it's, it's pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah. And where is that being built? That's being built in, in England, outside of London. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and they, I, right. Think he, I think the guy mentioned that about half of them are already spoken for. And uh, with a nice price point of four hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll cross my fingers for a Chevelle. There you go. That would be good. <laughs> well, that, yeah. Even yeah. the El Camino wouldn't be that bad. Yeah, either, even huh? the El Camino wouldn't be that bad. Um, John, going uh, going back to your collection, can you share some of the cars that you have, um, and uh, some of the a, a story or two or an anecdote about? What you drive around, if you have to drive one once a month, you're, you're going through um, quite a few cars. And what, do you, what can you tell us about some of your collection? Well, um, my first car is um, a 72 El Camino. 
and uh, that's that's probably the one that's uh, the most important uh, car of my collection. Um, but um, um, I got into Corvettes, and I joined a local Corvette club, and I have um, a 50th anniversary C5 Corvette. That's really, I think, the most fantastic car that I have from a from a driver's perspective. And um, and then I ended up getting a C4 Corvette, fourth generation Corvette, and I thought that that was going to be, you know, decidedly more primitive than the fifth or the sixth generation Corvettes that I was familiar with. But it turns out it's really an outstanding sports car in its own right. And if you're familiar with that generation, that's the one that has the enormous clamshell hood that opens like an F1 car. Yes. And uh, that car uh, makes an impression. I mean, you can't drive these if you don't want to have a conversation with people every time you go to the gas station. Pretty much, yes. Sure. Yeah. They draw attention. Um, and then uh, my first pickup truck was a 1967 C10 uh, Chevy pickup. And I still have that, and I drive that around. And um, and then in order to, you know, mostly Chevys here, but I also have a Honda Del Sol. Oh, yeah, I remember that, sure. Uh, you, know, it, you know, it's based on the Civic, and it's pretty basic. Uh, it's, it's a front engine. Oh, okay. Um, but it has, a remo- it has a removable roof. It's a front driver. Uh, and very low on power. I, I think it only <laughs> makes about 95 horsepower. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but here's the, here's the kicker. It weighs 2,200 pounds. Yes. So even though it's a front driver right. and even though it only has 95 horsepower, it's ever so willing to be playful and be tossed around. And then the, the whole, uh, you know, uh, uh, no roof, topless uh, motoring thing a- adds to the fun factor. Yeah, I'll bet. I had an old uh, Fiat 850 Spider, which is a little rear oh. mo- rear motored thing, kind of like a VW, really. But boy, when you put the top down, everything's good. Absolutely, and those were really attractive cars. Really, a great design. Uh, John, what did you make, uh, going back to the auto show, something else popped into my brain. What did you make of the, I'm just going to say the false start, stop, start again, false start of the autonomous uh, driving world? Um, it was a focus, but it wasn't a focus at the same time, if I'm reading it correctly from, from this year's auto show. Yeah, um... You know, it's funny you should bring that up because the major players in in autonomous driving um, is is Tesla and General Motors, and uh, and uh, Tesla wasn't there at all. Yes, and uh, and General Motors wasn't showing off uh, or highlighting that technology. They they mention their Super Cruise and and Ultra Cruise. Um, but of course that's not, that's not fully autonomous. Um, uh, their fully autonomous, uh, program is, is, uh, cruise, which is, is now operating fully autonomous cars in San Francisco. 
and there was no mention of that at all. So it it, it was kind of interesting that it was it was present, but no one was talking about it. That was something, wasn't it? it was uh, it was conspicuously quiet? How about that? <laughs> you know, it was um, yeah from a few years ago when Bruce and I went down, and maybe you were there as well. Um, the opening night party and the first day was everything was about autonomous vehicles. Yeah, and, they shouldn't have steering wheels by now. Yeah, you know? they, yeah, and uh, it's remarkably um, it never got non-existent there. almost now. We'll see if uh, well, electric cars makes it too by what is it twenty thirty five here in California. Uh, so I, you know, I think that what the car companies are finding out is that uh, full autonomy is is a ways off from being ready for prime time, and uh, it's probably better for them to, you know, minimize the buzz about it to not to not wear it out. Um, when they don't actually have product to to roll out anytime soon. Yes. Um, what else was uh, we we touched briefly on concept cars, and I've always had a fascination in concept cars. Uh, I haven't been in the game that long, but the amount of concept cars that <clears throat> are strictly concept cars and never get made, and some of the ones that do get made. So there were a half dozen concept cars down there. Uh, and what did you make of some of the other ones if you had a chance to look at them? And do you think any of them will be made? Well, um, you know, I don't know if, if, it's, uh, if we ever really see concepts get, get built as we see them. Yes. Um, they, they're more of, um, you know, test the water to see what, um, what people like about certain styling styling elements. Um, but I did notice that, did you see over at Hyundai, they had that Envision 74? Yes. And it looked part DeLorean, part Toyota Supra from the mid eighties. Yes, indeed. Well, what I don't think was readily apparent was that that was a fuel cell concept. That's right, and and I, I think that we, we got a couple, of, a little bit of uh, uh, of um, a hint that OEs are are flirting with fuel cells once again. I mean, uh, you mentioned that you drove one. Was it a Honda Clarity or yes, or uh, or the Toyota Mirai? Mirai? And then also the Neo uh, um, Lex, uh, not Lexus. What am I saying? Oh, uh, yeah. the, the Neon N- Neo Neo the. the uh, Kia, so I've done it twice. What did we go down to? Oh, L- uh-huh. What did we yeah. go to L.A. in though? Was that the Mirai or the? No, it was the the one that we the co- other one. The other one, and I went by myself on the Clarity a few years ago, and you couldn't you couldn't make it. Um, so I've done I've done uh, everything. I haven't done the Mirai yet, but the other two that were available and now maybe not available. Um, I've had two experiences. Yes, the, the cars drive well. They f- they fill fast if you can find a place to fill them and and it's not broken. Right. <laughs> yeah, the infrastructure is a a major hobbling point, and um, and of course since you have driven these cars, Honda has said they're they're exiting the fuel cell market, and um, and they don't build Clarity anymore. No. Um, but then all, all of a sudden here's Hyundai with a fuel cell concept, and then. Um, 
there was uh, an astronaut floating above the uh, the show floor, and they were um, uh, promoting a um, a hydrogen fuel cell refueling station, and a um, uh, and that concept was a Hyperion. I'm, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it right. XP XP one. Yes, did you see that? I sure did. I I thought it was pretty ugly, but go ahead. Was that a vehicle? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely the styling was, uh, you know, subjective. But um, I, I guess what I the takeaway was they're trying to draw attention to a, a a hydrogen fuel future. Yes. And and I think that replaced the uh, autonomous cars um, this year is is uh you know a little bit of of uh, buzz about hydrogen could be um bruce and i have discussed it a few times i i think it was great and even though we had a lot of trouble in los angeles bruce didn't quite like it and i can understand that completely i don't think honda you know really promoted or marketed the clarity very well and i i made it a point i was having a little fun i went over and asked one of the uh ambassadors um at the honda area if she knew um, anything about the clarity and she didn't and nor did her colleague and they had to find a third person working working for honda who had actually even heard of it so (laughs) um goes to show you how much they didn't really put much emphasis on it i don't think yeah yeah they didn't even bother to train their their product reps about the about the product that's right um, you know what I also noticed, John, and I always get a kick out of is that there, there was that um, Mazda that was there that they only brought six or eight of them to the United States. The, I think was it called a Metro? I forgot what it was called now. And there were a couple of other. There was a, uh, a Lincoln Continental with this beautiful uh, exterior blue color. There were a few vintage cars, that, uh, maybe an old Land Cruiser. So I got a kick out of them bringing in some of the older cars to, you know, show the past before you can show the future. Did you have any um, interest in any of those? Well, um, I thought that was a Cosmo. A Cosmo. That, I said Metro. That. I meant Cosmo. Thank you. Oh, um, well, I wasn't correcting you. I wasn't sure. No, you're absolutely uh, right. <laughs> but uh, but uh, wasn't that uh, one of the one of their first? Um, uh, Wankel engines in that uh, in that Cosmo. I I wouldn't have known unless I read it. And yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that, that the styling of that car is was is, is outstanding. Jay Leno has one of those. Oh boy. Um, and uh, I remember I saw an episode of uh, Jay Leno's Garage where he was uh, driving that you know around Burbank, and. Um, uh, very compelling design. I was delighted to see it there. Me too. And I'd I'd love to see, um, you know, some some future Mazda product kind of, uh, you know, head in that styling direction. Yeah, it was it was pretty uh, pretty attractive car. Uh, John, let's let's take a last uh, takeaway from you from the LA Auto Show this year. Give us uh, one more um, overview, if you will, or something else you want to highlight, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Well, I'd like to mention the uh, the Toyota Prius. Yes, is um, I, I was I was totally blindsided uh, by the Prius, as I had a certain impression of what the Prius is, and and this new car is nothing like that. 
You're right. Mm -hmm. uh, It's a handsome design. It's an aggressive design. And it's lower and wider and a lot more powerful. 220 horsepower versus the outgoing car's 95 horsepower. (laughs) This is going to totally transform that car's personality. Yes. And, um, you know, Toyota has been in a controversial position while all of the world's automakers are, are announcing they're going 100% EV. Toyota has been bucking the trend with hybrids. And, um, you know, they might be onto something when you see a hybrid like this new Prius that has this level of performance and this level of style. I mean, um, I, I think that, um, that this is going to be a, a good seller for them. I think you're right. I like the the uh, plug-in hybrids. If you can get, I think the new California mandate was, if it gets 50 miles on electric only, that's a loophole. You don't. It doesn't have to be a full EV. Well, they missed that target because they're shooting for 40 miles 40? electric only with the, with the, <laughs> with the prime plug-in version. Well, they'll up that. Uh, though. But they're getting. They're getting close. Yep. Yeah. John, this is probably a pretty good place to uh, wrap it up. Um, we want to thank our, our guest today, John Berg, he, the automotive editor uh, for Alameda Post. Uh, John, is it the typical? Is it www.alamedapost.com? That's right. And forward slash automotive. For, thank you. Uh, so, John, thanks. Um, I'm sure that you and I will... Uh, Hopefully continue our, our friendship. Um, and I go to the Bay Area fairly often from Sacramento. So I'll maybe be in touch. And if you're available for a cup of coffee or lunch, we can maybe we can meet up. And um, thank you for your images. And I'll be in touch. I've got some stuff for you. And and uh, nice to meet you last week. And nice to meet you again today. Nice to meet you, John. Likewise. Yeah, I look forward to meeting up with you, James. And uh, thank you for including me in your conversation today. You bet. Take care. Bye for now.